What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B. Today, the B is for bitch. I'm feeling myself. I'm fucking feeling myself this Sunday morning. I hope that you guys are having an amazing day. I hope you've had an amazing week. Number one, before we dive into the fucking episode, bro, today, Emily's first DBFT fitness program is live for purchase this week only. $49.99. Don't get it twisted. Not $50. $49.99. Fit for Life is available. Um, This is an amazing program. We're super excited to launch. This gives you an opportunity to join the app, have workouts for at home and at the gym, all for a lower cost than really any program we ever run other than four weeks for gains. This is a four-week program. You have five workouts per week, plus an additional core add-on that's optional, two upper body days, two lower body days, and then one like full body day. So no matter if you are new to the gym, no matter if you're a veteran to the gym, this is created for everyone. So make sure you click the link in the description box today. Go to my Instagram story if you want more information. Swipe up, go purchase. This is only from today to Friday. All right. This is, it's it. It's an exclusive program. If you buy it, awesome. If not, guess what? You don't get it again. Every program we ever create ever is always different. And most of them are exclusive to purchase. So make sure you check it out. With that aside, I cannot believe that I have a one-year-old child. As of yesterday, we celebrated his first birthday party, which I've never like really thrown a birthday party for someone else. You know, like you just, you don't, right? You usually have them thrown for you. Um, And I'm not really at the age yet where like you've thrown like a surprise 50th for your parents or like maybe your your spouse turns like 30, which is kind of a big year. Like I'm not at that age yet where like I've even done that for anyone. Um, So this is kind of my first like party outside of like a wedding that I've really planned and had executed. So I did um, go through a girl, her name's Cassandra, um, or I'm sorry, Cassandra. She's out of Columbus. Um, She has done just a phenomenal job helping me plan the event. It was one of those things where I knew as a mom, I wanted, you know, he, (laughs) Maddox is a fucking miracle. You know, he's a miracle to even have come out alive and, and thriving, right? And so I knew I wanted to celebrate just everything that we had gone through from my pregnancy beginning to my pregnancy journey, quarantine, all the, like everything, NICU. It was, it was so hard. And like, I wanted to celebrate us, me, why, and him as a family, like coming out of that. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to throw a banger. So we actually had our DJ there. That was our DJ from our wedding. So it was kind of a cute full circle, like moment. And um, we had cookies and a smash cake. And um, like I said, the DJ, we it kind of was like a wild one theme, but not like the book, not like the wild things. It was more like safari-ish because um, that's just been like my theme that I've never really been able to execute. So I was like, bitch, I want to execute it. Um, so it's been an emotional week. Um, as I'm recording this, I, I think I can confidently say I'm done breastfeeding. I think my my journey has come to an end. I'm planning on... Um, going through the kind of like hormone shift and trying to avoid it by getting back on balance by Alani Nutrition. 
You guys know I swore by balance up and down when it came to coming off of birth control. When you have that surge of hormones, just your body coming back to normal. And I know I will most likely experience that again after breastfeeding because you, again, you come back down to normal, you know, since I've weaned and like I did a decent job, you know, cutting off feedings, cutting down time, not strategically, it just naturally happened. I'm hoping that I'll kind of avoid some of that, um, you know, rapid surge of hormones. However, you can't always promise it, right? So um, I'm going to get back on balance by Alani Nutrition, which as always, code does B for all Alani that does support me. Um, and yeah, so we'll see. Um, I have a huge announcement, but I'm going to wait until the end of this episode to tell you guys. I want to just scream it right now, but like I want it to flow in conversation. I don't just want to be like, guess what? I'm blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So, um, however, I will say, bitch, I'm not pregnant. Let's just fucking knock that one out right fucking now. I'm not pregnant. Okay. And, and I want to get into more stuff, but it's going to go into the flow of the episode all about postpartum. If you're someone who's pregnant, someone who wants to get pregnant, someone who doesn't want to get pregnant, but is just nosy, (laughs) not really just curious, you know, this is an episode for everyone. And I hope that it can kind of share a little bit of the glimpse that I've had in the past year. So the only other thing I would really like to share before, and I'll probably kind of like reference as we get into this postpartum episode, um, is that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online teletherapy program um, that allows you to connect with a reliable therapist to help you through any journey that life has you on right now. For me, I started using BetterHelp when I knew I needed help postpartum. This was a really big shift for me. A lot had happened and I do think I could have used therapy way before then, but I avoided it and to be honest, just didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to handle insurance. You know, I'm we're moving back into Ohio from Florida and it was just, there was a lot going on. And then I got pregnant quarantine happened and I just, I didn't come around to it. So once I started using better help, I truly got better with their help. Um, so I'm very excited for them to be sponsoring this episode. Um, I'm an avid user of it. I love that I have full access to my therapist at any given time. I can send files. I can send photos. I can send audio messages. Um, we can face like kind of FaceTime each other through the app. We can video call, um, along with phone call, everything, any access you would need, the app has. Like no matter what kind of communicator you are, you will be taken care of. And if for some reason you don't like your therapist or you wanna get rematched after the questionnaire you fill out, you can very much do so. This is all your experience. So if you guys are interested in better help, and maybe this is speaking to you of like, hey, I do at least wanna do some research, click the link in the description box, or you can also use my code DESBY when it comes at checkout, or go to betterhelp.com slash Desby. This is going to give you the opportunity um, to get 10% off your first month while also supporting this podcast. So again, thank you so much, BetterHelp, for being a partner with me through it all, um, not only through this podcast, but even personally being a partner to make myself better. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, you guys. So a year postpartum, that is nuts. The first thing that I really wanted to say before I got, like, I kind of cut myself off because I'm like, okay, we're going to have to wait till we get an episode. 
we need to start normalizing not asking women when when they want to have a baby or if they want another baby. I feel like it's just a natural spacer conversation, right? Like you're, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, how about that weather today? Yeah, pretty, pretty sunny. You know, it's, it's one of those spacers, right? You see someone with a kid and when it's awkward, you might be like, so do you want another one? <laughs> no, let's just stop. Let's just stop. Okay. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter if you have one baby, two baby, three baby. Th- those are questions that you just do not ask because you could also be asking someone, oh, do you want another baby who maybe just tried and miscarried? Maybe you're asking someone who just had a really hard time even having one. They don't even want to think about a second. Maybe you're talking to someone who just definitively doesn't want another one. And then when you're asking, oh, do you want one? Like in general, again, you might be talking to someone who's experienced loss, someone who simply just does not want one, um, or someone who might be pregnant, but doesn't want to disclose that yet. Stop putting women in uncomfortable situations. Okay. Fill that spacer with like, so tell me about your job. What do you do for a living? Like there's so many other great conversations that can come up instead of asking women personal questions about their body. Um, with everything in the news the past week, as well as you guys probably saw Texas, uh, abortion ban there, like we deserve to have the choice. And we also deserve to have the choice to disclose when we want to disclose what is going on with our reproductive health. Okay. If, if I don't want you to know I'm fucking pregnant, don't put me in that position to have to tell you or whatever it might be, unless you're my fucking doctor. Okay. Thank you so much. Also fuck Texas. Sorry if you're from Texas, it's not really, it's not personal, but it's very scary because I really hope that a lot of, I really hope that a lot of states choose to not follow their lead. I really do. Um, and I will be praying for that. You know, I feel like this is another sector. I'm sorry, before we get into it, women who have babies are also expected to be pro life, right? Like I have a baby and people are like, how could you like look at your son knowing what you went through and like, think about not like, think about aborting him. Guess what? Dumb bitch. I didn't abort him. You know why? Cause I made the fucking choice not to. I made the fucking choice because I knew that he was going to come out of me, not you. Right. At the end of the day, I still chose to become a mother. And if you guys haven't listened to my pro choice episode, I would highly suggest I linked it the other day and I had quite a few people stream it and also message me and just say, dude, I, I really love how you spoke on this view that you have. Um, no matter like what your outlook is, it's just, I, I was very just straight up. And I think that you guys could learn a lot or even just to hear about it. If you're riled up about it, um, hopefully it can be a good episode. So anyways, two, those few things out of the way. Okay. A year postpartum. Oh God. I will say as I've continued to wean off breastfeeding, I've felt more and more like myself. Um, breastfeeding has taken a a huge toll on my body. You know, I was so frail and skinny. And to some people, like to some of you, you might not have saw me like and thought, oh, she looks so frail, but like my butt went away. I had no like muscle on my arms, my delts. I had no like really muscle on my legs. Again, you guys might've seen me a little different, but like I know my body and I just, I felt stripped of everything. When, you know, when you're giving 
your baby life, they're fuck, they're basically taking life from you too. Um, and so the, the amount of energy from the body and the amount of nutrients from the body that it takes to, to fuel that breastfeeding journey. Um, it's crazy how you start to back off and your body is just like, okay, cool. Let me just like go back to where it was. Um, so anyways, I'm, like I said, I've, I've phased out of that. There's not a proper way to do it. So if you're someone who's like, oh my God, what do I do it? Or what do I do? How do I wean? I honestly just kind of didn't feed him as long, started offering higher calorie food, um, to where I I was ensuring he was at least getting like fats in his diet and higher, um, calories in his meals. And then I kind of just introduced a milk. I tried horizon, like kids milk, which is like full whole milk, vitamin D. And then I also tried ripple milk kids, which is like a pea protein. So far, he's really liked the ripple milk. Um, I've been using the Tommy tippy bottles. I just kind of like fucking tried it. Like I just bought it. Um, I have so many sippy cups. I'm trying to figure out if he like knows how to use a straw. So many things he has to almost learn later because I've just exclusively breastfed him, which I know that he'll learn. I mean, we all learn how to drink out of it a fucking cup. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about it. We all know how to use a fucking straw, not a big deal, but I do want to make sure that he's obviously using those mouth muscles, right. And like learning how to use his jaw. Um, but he's done a great job at like learning how to chew and doing a really good job as a chewer. Um, as well as like when I introduce a sippy cup, he's interested in it. He's just still kind of learning like the suction aspect. So I did try that. I usually use Avent bottles too. I have his whole baby life when I did do bottles. And so he's still like those. Um, but I tried the Tommy tippy and he, he liked those too. So, um, I really just started backing off of time. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like skip this feeding, like skip this nurse and I'll just give him a bottle. And then he like went to sleep. And then like, so I didn't nurse him until before bed or whatever. Like I kind of skipped a feed. And then this has probably been ongoing for about three weeks. Just today, as I'm recording this, I skipped my morning feed. So it is now 1243 PM, right? Like almost 1 PM in the afternoon. I have not nursed him or nursed at all since seven, six 30 ish PM last night. So I'm definitely trying to drain out my boobs. (laughs) Um, I've been feeling a lot of engorgement, um, but I'm, I'm just wearing like a very tight sports bra, um, and trying to like use heat to have a little bit of like a letdown without actual like uh, stimulation of the nipple. And at the end of the day, like when I can drive again, why it took my car seat so I can't like leave the house, that sucks. But when I can drive, I'm gonna go maybe do the cabbage leaf thing so I can dry myself up. Um, so I do not recommend cabbage leaves for anyone trying to just simply wean or for overproducers. Cause from what I understand, cabbage leaves will like legitimately dry you up as well as like Sudafed um, and like certain medications. So um, if you are breastfeeding or plan to, just make sure you're double checking what you're taking for sure. Um, I'm also going to supplement today and the rest of probably the next like week or two with sunflower sun, sunflower lechin, lechin, I don't ever know how to say it. It basically just thins out the milk um, and this can avoid getting like clogged ducts. So since I am like quitting, although I'm weaning pretty slowly, I don't want to get a clogged duct or for some reason mastitis. Like, I don't know if that could happen again, but not a fun time. So that's kind of where I am right now. Postpartum, I'm feeling so much like myself. Um, it's crazy because probably in the last three days, as I've gotten home 
from Louisville. I shot with my Alani nutrition pre-workout as I got home. And I really, you know, was like, Hey, let's finish up this breastfeeding journey. Not only being back in my routine, right back in my space, Maddox is in his crib, you know, X, Y, and Z, but taking away those few breastfeeding sessions and just offering him a bottle. I just, I feel so free, but I also just feel so proud. Like if you guys listened to my episode a few weeks ago, I was very emotional about ending my breastfeeding journey. And at that time, rightfully so. Um, but I've, I've come to obviously terms with it. Number one and number two, I've just found so much pride in doing what I did. Um, because it's fucking hard. It is so fucking hard. And knowing that I did that, I just feel so confident and proud. And I, it makes you feel like you can do anything. So with that being said, I've just felt so much like myself and like offering the bottle and like seeing him take it and not like, he's not grabbing for my boobs. Like he's not screaming that I'm not giving him my nipples. Like it just, it's happening very naturally. And I, it also just takes so much stress off. I know not all moms have it this quote easy, right? Um, like granted, I did go through a few crying fits trying to get him to take a bottle a few times, but he's finally like understanding And like I said, like, he's not trying to grope at my chest knowing that my boobs are there. Like he, like, it's like, he doesn't care. He's just hungry. Right. Like, what am I going to eat? Right. He's not like, where's your boob? He's just like, okay, well then what am I doing? So I'm just really proud of myself for doing that. And I think that the biggest thing that I didn't really expect of breastfeeding, nonetheless, fucking motherhood, the whole motherhood thing is just fucked, but I just didn't expect for it to be so hard. I didn't expect for it to hurt my marriage at first. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that. I didn't expect it to hurt my confidence, my self-confidence, because again, my body was like, I felt like a skeleton. I didn't expect it to demand so much time and, and also be so stressful. You know, is he getting enough? Is he latching enough? Is, Is he sucking too long? Is he sucking too short? Is he feeding long enough? Is he growing? How much is he getting? All of these things are so stressful and kind of just like going into the breastfeeding part of postpartum to just finish up the conversation of this coming first. When I say it affected my marriage, it's crazy how much babies in general make you as a mother feel extremely touched out. I never heard of this term, I might've heard it, but I never listened to the term touched out. I I heard of the term overstimulation, but I never listened to what the term of overstimulation meant. And both of those very much affected my relationship with Wyatt for probably six to seven months. By no means were we in a point of like, we're going to split up. Like, absolutely not. It, it's not like that. It's just a really hard position for a mother and a father to be in and, and start to learn these new roles. So when I say touched out, I'm talking like, I don't even really know the last time I let Wyatt like touch my boobs or really see them when I'm naked. And that's just being real. It, I cannot stand my boobs being touched anymore and probably won't for a while as I continue to kind of get my own body back, right? I'm not being groped. 
And on top of that, holding a baby all the time, even if you're not nursing, just constantly having to hold a baby, a baby scratching you, hitting you accidentally, running up on you, jumping on you, all these things, right? It's like you're constantly being touched to where at the end of the night, when your hubby slides in bed and tries to touch you, you're like, don't fucking do it. You just want your your isolation and your solitude. And now when I talk about overstimulation, that's a little bit different because it, again, it comes from just, for me, it was loud noises. It was the dogs barking, Maddox when he cried or when he screamed, Wyatt when he'd play his phone on fucking volume 900 or when the TV was too loud or people I was with were like too loud, environment was too loud. I would go into, for probably about four months, I would go into rage cleaning. So what that means is like, I would get so fucking mad that I would stop whatever I was doing and just start cleaning the house, shoving shit everywhere, fucking wiping it down with attitude, sassafras. And that was just my coping. Like, I don't know. Other people have different things that they go into, but for me, I I just fucking trigger cleaned. So those are obviously different things, but both of them combined just really affected my marriage because I just wanted to be alone. And like when you're married, you're not, you're not alone. Plus add in quarantine, add in Wyatt working from home, add in the natural resentment. After I had Maddox, I knew I was the shit. Like I was like, men, LO fucking L. What, what is a man ever fucking done? That's challenging. Tell me that. What is the most challenging thing a man will ever do in his life physically and mentally? Like literally nothing, literally nothing. There's nothing that compares to motherhood that a man has to handle or childbirth. Now, granted, yes, they get fatherhood, right? It's a little bit different. And if you're a single dad, now I would classify you under motherhood. Like you, you have to turn that part of your brain on and, and you naturally do like your, your body actually reworks itself to have almost a maternal instinct. I've, I've read about it. It's fucking science, baby. However, Speaking in a general term, nothing really physically comes of a man. Comes of a man. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so with that being said, there was a power trip aspect too, right? I knew I was the shit and I was like, Wyatt, sorry, like you ain't shit. You ain't shit right now. So there was like this weird resentment of like, you're never gonna understand what I'm going through. And I will say Wyatt was the most helpful. He he tried so much. But like there was only so much he could do, especially with me breastfeeding. So there was another shift, another dynamic that like no one talks about. And and I feel like I've been pretty transparent, specifically on the podcast. Now, on Instagram, it's hard. Like I'm I understand because like who's gonna just I don't want all my all my all my life out there either, right? I as much as I share. And I would even say I overshare. Like I love to just be personal with you guys and vulnerable. I I don't share everything, right? Like there's still very personal things that I keep to myself or things that it's just like, that's my problem and my problem only. So it's like, it's not like I'm gonna hop on and be like, hey guys, <laughs> eh, fought with Wyatt last night. <laughs> Overstimulation's a bitch. He ain't shit. Anyways, Maddox is doing well. Like, I'm not going to get on and say that because I also respect Wyatt's privacy, right? That's something that we're handling as a married couple. So I feel like I've, I've brought that vulnerability here to the podcast because I can expand on it versus like a fucking 15 second story that's going to get put on Reddit. Like, Des is such a fucking bitch. 
why it deserves better. Like, I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. It's just like it, that's exhausting. Right. Cause it's not how it is. It's, it's just a different phase of life that we've had to work through just like you do in, in, in any big life change with a partner. And this isn't just man to woman. This is man to man, woman to woman. Like no matter your partner or even your bestest friend, like that you just might be really close with, you will always have that dynamic shift at some point in your life based on a life event. And for us, it was having a child. It's a fucking lot. It is a lot. Don't like, don't expect your relationship to stay the same. Don't, don't just don't have those conversations early before the baby gets here. Talk about these things. Use me as a pawn, you know, Hey, Des, Des is warning me about this and I'm not trying to be that, you know, I told you so mom or like, Oh, you just wait. I'm, it's not like that. I'm just trying to set an expectation. I wish was set for me that it's okay for your dynamic to change and it will get better. It will get better, but you have to, you have to get through it. And I think we talked about this on below the influencer, Wyatt and I, you don't, you don't, I don't know how we said it. It's not like you don't, um, get over it or you don't find a way to, to fix it. You just get through it. You just fucking get through it. Relationships are so hard and you add in a baby. It's the fucking weirdest power trip in the world. I cannot explain it. Just like people tell you, oh, your relationship will change a little bit when you're married. It just does. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not bad. It's not like, it's just, it does, right? It's a different elevation of life. Um, and it's beautiful. But after about six, seven months, when I feel like Wyatt was able to help a little bit more, like I would leave the house, we started, here's the thing too. We actually started to leave the house, right? For the first seven months of his life. So he was born in September. We didn't like do anything until the first week of February. We did not go anywhere. That's a long fucking time to be literally by yourself. And if we had family come over, it was only our immediate family, like his mom, my mom, dad, sister, Ty, Michaela, Mila. They all had to be COVID tested before they came anyway. So like it was, it was just a mess. Like it was just, we were all alone. So once we got to the point where I started being able to like, go get my hair done again, leave the house, go to the actual gym, gym, go to burn boot camp, go, you know what I mean? I, I started to lessen that resentment. Cause I was like, Oh, like why it's helping me. You know, like it, I, I can see it now he's willing to help. Um, we started to kind of divvy up chores, you know, he, he would start loading the dishwasher every night and then, you know, maybe I would bring the laundry down. Like it just, we fell into routine. And again, it's just setting that expectation that like you will have to figure out a new routine. You have to, it's not just going to be normal. It's, it's not like, don't, don't expect it. Don't, don't just don't honey. It's okay. All right. And you know what? There's going to be nights where you cry. There's going to be nights where you argue. There's going to be, and there's going to be beautiful days where you look at each other and you're like, fuck, we made this. Do you want to go do it again? Like it's, it's such a weird hormonal battle adding on again, like breastfeeding, right? Adding on postpartum hormones. Oh my God. Your body is still changing and shifting. So I just wanted to touch on that. That's another little mini topic I want to touch on was just the dynamic change, partner resentment, overstimulation, being outtouched. Just, it, it gets better. And I promise you that. I will confidently say all of those things got better as of 
I would say nine to 10 months postpartum, I really started hitting a stride. And then this past month, the 11 month mark, fucking unreal, unreal change. On top of obviously being able to take him places, have more help, have pride in him, him not having to be held all the time either. Like he kind of self-discovers and plays. There's a lot of things where it just starts to become fun. And I don't want to wish it away, but I also was not the type where I loved the newborn stage. And maybe it's because my newborn stage was a little bit robbed, right? You add in the NICU, you add in just the anxiety, the PTSD, the trauma of the way that I came from pregnancy into motherhood. It's hard. And so maybe I almost resent that part and I hated it because of what I had to go through. You know, I'm not sure. Um, definitely not ready for another kid though. (laughs) So next I want to talk about that postpartum hormonal shift. Everyone tells you postpartum that you're going to like bleed, right? I do have a really good episode with Carrie Loker who actually just had her brand new baby, Teddy. So congrats, Carrie. Um, I did an episode with her before she was like, before she blew up. So bitch, I was there first. Okay. Give me that respect on my name. Um, but I have an episode with her where we do talk about some postpartum stuff. So I'm going to add that into the description box because great fucking listen. Um, she was an emergency room RN. Um, she did some labor and delivery. She's just an amazing resource on Instagram for new moms or moms to be. Um, anyways, so we talked a little bit about postpartum. And so we talked about how, no matter what you bleed, even if you have a C-section, you will still bleed vaginally postpartum, which at that point in time, when she told me that, like, I didn't know that I didn't realize that, but you're still like losing your uterus and shedding and all these things. Right. So postpartum number one, bitch, don't even mess with the big ass pads and stuff. Get yourself a peri bottle and get yourself some diapers. Just do it. Just avoid the whole pad situation. Just get yourself some diapers. They're way more comfortable. You ain't leaving the house anyway. You don't want to leave the house. And if you do, you're not wearing anything tight. You don't care. Okay. Number two, Amazon has really great nursing bras. I got a lot of, um, I got a lot from cake C A K E. I loved them. Those were my comfiest pumping bras and nursing bras. I love the way that they just opened on the boob. Um, and then the freedom mom kit was fire, especially those cooling Perry pads. Oh God. It just hits you right there in the cooch and it feels so good. Um, and then for nursing pads, I only use nursing pads for probably like six weeks, probably less than that. Four weeks. I never like really leaked. So everyone's different, but, um, I just used, you know, whatever was cheapest. I did like the Medela ones the most. That's where most of my pumping stuff was from too, was Medela. And then I also got a, like these bamboo heat pads off of Amazon along with like a little, um, breast massager definitely recommend. So now with that being said, you're bleeding, your boobs are engorged. You're confused. What the fuck to do? Are you going to breastfeed? Are you going to pump? Are you going to, you know, you don't know. Maybe you go into birth and you have that decision made. Hey, you don't want, you don't want to breastfeed. If you don't, I'm telling you start right away with those cabbage leaves. You know what I mean? Start right away with sunflower leaching, like literally right after birth, um, because you do not want mastitis. I started getting it and it was fucking terrible. I was able to fight it off quickly by being proactive about it, but it was really bad. It's like the cold times 100, um, or like the flu. So add all of that in, right? So you have your boobs are leaking or your boobs just feel fucking huge. I mean, huge, huge guys. Oh my God. I 
oh my God, when they tell you, oh yeah, I remember when my milk came in. I literally fucking remember. I woke up and was like, what the fuck is going on with my boobs? Bro, they were, they had to have been fucking size like Fs. I'm not, oh my God, they were so fucking big. Looking back at videos and shit, I'm in pain. I'm looking at them like, oh my God, didn't that hurt? It didn't, but they were huge, huge. Um, so our boobs are leaking. We're bleeding. All these things going on. They don't tell you about your fucking night sweats. What? Why is no one talking about postpartum night sweats? That was the shit that threw me off the most bitch. The, the amount of times I thought that I was, I had COVID not like not really, but because I was like, why am I sweating like this? I would soak through shirts, shorts. My bedside would be wet. Get yourself a goddamn fan and put it and park it right next to your fucking body all night postpartum. This is whether you're breastfeeding or not. Like this is just postpartum night sweats. Insane. It was winter. Um, by the time I start, like we were like home with him, right? It was mid October, almost November starting to get cold deep into fall. Our room would be freezing and I would be sweating my dick off in fucking sane night sweats. So grab yourself, get yourself some fucking like water resistant, like pajamas because it is going to be wet. Okay. Um, wet. I also continued to use my pregnancy pillow to separate my tits at night. I would literally put my, put my pillow in between my boobs and then I would have another pillow so that I could prop my arm up. And so I wasn't like smushing my boobs. And no, I was not able to sleep on my stomach. My boobs were so big and so hard. It was terrible. Do not recommend. Do not fucking recommend. Um, the other thing people don't talk about a lot, at least, is the hair loss. Now, any of my Monat, Monet girls, get the fuck out of here. This isn't your time. Function of beauty, no, we're, we don't know her. This isn't about that, okay? This is about postpartum hair loss. It typically occurs starting three to four months postpartum. And for most people, it's very real. A lot of it happens at the crown of the head. But when you are pregnant, you know, your hair looks fucking phenomenal. You have so much hair. You're like, oh my God, my hair feels so thick and healthy and shiny. All these beautiful things. And then all of a sudden, three to four months, bitch, you look like Rugrats. You look like a fucking, you look like the main character off Rugrats. You look like Tommy Pickles, bitch. You got like three little slices of hair at the top of your head, like a mini alfalfa. That's it. That's what it feels like. You feel like you have no fucking hair. During this time, I was so self-conscious. I didn't realize I had it until someone asked, have you experienced postpartum hair loss? And then I went to go get my hair done the next day or the two days later even. And I kind of thought to myself, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't have a lot of hair here. And then I started looking at pictures and I noticed when I would wear my hair up, you know, in a bun or something, how much hair loss I had like almost like a receding hairline. So I started using women's Rogaine. You can also use men's Rogaine. Some people tried to say like, once you quote, stop using it, your hair becomes reliant on it. I didn't have that experience. I went through one full bottle and I had a really, had really great results. And then I started using collagen and then the hair, skin and nails from Alani Nutrition again. Again, code Desby. And my hair came back. Not over, not in two weeks. Okay. That like, I probably didn't feel like my hair was back until it started happening around three, four months postpartum. I would say a good three months after. So probably like 
around eight months postpartum, honestly. I can say I started feeling like my hair really grew back. Now I still have these little fucking baby hairs. Dude, I can literally make bangs on my head from my baby hairs. But I like I can tell I legitimately have more hair on my head. Like it it feels back to normal. Um, so when you start pulling out globs of hair, do not worry. Um, it's very natural. Wear your hair in loose buns. Try not to put your hair up too tight or like do anything too tight. Just keep it very nice and very loose to avoid pulling at your scalp anymore. Now, I will warn you guys, if this continues past like a year, please make sure that you go get your hormones checked, get your thyroid checked. Um, That is just very common as well for that to occur and to continue to occur. So let's see, postpartum like hair loss, all that shit. Some people have have noted having um, postpartum hearing, maybe not hearing, but at least vision for sure, like vision change. Again, not something I noticed, uh, but still very real. So definitely something to just look into. Um, And I think for the most part, what else don't people tell you? Partner resentment. Oh, speaking of partners, no one tells you how you start hating your dogs. Here we go. I'm going to be the one to tell you. You will not like your dogs, okay? Don't fucking come for me right now when you're still pregnant and you're holding on to me. You're like, I'll never do that. No, you just just give it once. Just give it a, a little bit, okay? You'll fucking hate your dogs. You'll fucking hate them. Not really. I'm. That's a long. That's a strong word. But my point is, is like you will have a very different dynamic and relationship with your dogs. When we got Maddox home. Or I would even say when we get, when I gave birth to him and I was, you know, at the NICU every day, all day, uh, my dogs could tell some shit changed, right? I wasn't paying as much attention to them. I wasn't cuddling them because I didn't want to go in the NICU with like hair all over me, right? I didn't know if Maddox was allergic or, you know, all these things I had to play into, um, playing the cards. So they started to feel put out. Then they started to fucking piss and shit everywhere. Yes, everywhere on, even in his room, he wasn't even home yet in his room. They would, they went in and pissed on his brand new dresser that I bought him. Then they came in our room and they pissed on our dresser, brand new fucking dresser. Then they would go downstairs and piss on the floor, but everywhere they would piss. And you could tell Jack's always had a little bit of potty training issues. I think just because he has a little bit of a smaller bladder and he'll go where he wants to go, but you could tell that it was out of anger. So once we got Maddox home, we had to make the executive decision that they were no longer allowed to sleep with us and they were not allowed to run the house. We planned on selling our house at some point and they were ruining it. They were ruining it. And it was very, very hard. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to introduce them. I didn't, and maybe I could have done a better job with that. But no matter what, the dynamic of the relationship of my dogs and I changed and they knew that and they lashed out. So as I got a little bit more comfortable with Maddox, you know, because remember, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I started paying more attention to them again, right? Like hanging out when I could. I I would pick them up for a second, but again, I just didn't want all that hair on me. 
Um, so as we fast forwarded through time, the dogs are now kind of confined into the kitchen. We have a really nice big kitchen. So they kind of just get to run around. They have their little beds, they have their toys, um, easy access in and out to the patio in the backyard. So like they, they're living life still. Like they're very much taken care of. They can, they go downstairs with Wyatt when he works, they can go upstairs. They still have rain of area until they continue to start pissing everywhere. They're, they're still peeing in our house to this day. There's Jax is still peeing on everything. So it's just been a really, really frustrating journey because I want to give them the best life. And they're still very much loved and taken care of. And Wyatt does a really good job of picking up the slack that like I'm unable to give all the time. And Maddox is a little bit more fun with them now. Like he'll go up to the um, doggy gate and like, they'll come say hi to him and whatever. So I think as we continue to evolve into his, his bigger ages or as he gets older, we'll be able to introduce them a little bit more, but it's just been hard. And again, you add in that overstimulation, you add in just being exhausted. The last thing I want to do is have a dog fucking jumping on me and touching me. It's the most triggering thing to me. So it was very hard. And I remember, I don't remember who told me but they told me you, I, I was literally holding Jax with my belly. Like I, I, this one, I was pregnant. You're just wait. You're not going to give two shits about your dogs. And I held him and I was like, do not say that. Like, this is my baby. This, I mean, we cuddled all the time. I'd spoon him in bed. Like we were best buds and we still are again. Right. Okay. It's just, it's hard to take care of a newborn and still be a dog mom period. It's so hard. Um, and I feel like, again, no one really talks about it because it does sound a little maybe inhumane. I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say it. Like I still fucking love my dogs. They're my ride or dies, but it's been fucking hard to balance all of it. It's hard to be like five moms, a mom to fucking Wyatt, a mom to the dogs and a mom to Maddox. Like it's a lot to do. So I definitely, I I don't want to be negative to you guys, but I just want to shoot the shit straight do not be surprised if that dynamic changes. Do not feel like a bad person. Do not like it's, it does get better because like I said, I think as Maddox gets bigger and he can, he can play with them. Like maybe we'll let him in the living room for a little bit. You know, like it's, it's stuff like that. Like we'll give them that, that rain again. Um, but it's just very, very difficult when they are lashing out and pissing everywhere. So hopefully I would love to find a dog trainer that will take them for like a month and just whip their asses into shape. Like I, I honestly, in my opinion, there is not a fucking price you could put on that, that I would say that's too much because I think having a well-behaved dog in the vicinity of having a children, having a child or children, there is not a price you can put on that. That is worth every fucking penny in my opinion. So note to self looking for dog boarding, punisher <laughs> trainer. Um, and if any of you guys have recommendations, like, I don't know how that works. Um, like, let me know if anyone else has done it. I know one other person that's done it in the area of Columbus. And I tried to reach out to the trainer a few months ago, but just never heard back. I'm sure it takes extensive time. So it's maybe like a wait list. Like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, but I will say like, as of now, this sounds terrible, but like Wyatt and I do not plan on getting more dogs. Like when R2, you know, go up to doggy heaven, like I, 
I'm not, I just do not see us getting another dog. I really don't until maybe Maddox is of that age of like eight, nine, 10. And if we have another baby, that baby is, you know, well old enough too. And if we do, we're getting a hypoallergenic dog. And that motherfucker is coming straight from Germany or some bullshit where they train them like crazy. Um, I know people that have paid like 50 grand for German shepherds that are purebred trained like fucking ridiculously. I would never pay that much, but I'm just making a point. Like I want a dog that is properly trained and I'm all for adopt, don't shop, rescue dogs. Like they're absolutely, that's what I did with Jax. If you have the time and energy to put into them, 100%, but it is just, it's very hard in certain situations. So it's like, that's why, again, like I'm saying, most likely just not getting another fucking dog. So anyway, sorry, that took a little bit of a turn too, but I just want to share that because I felt so terrible that I was like a fucking bad person for randomly hating my dogs and, and I'm not, and neither are you. So just kind of wanted to like affirm you guys right now, if you're already going through that, maybe even in pregnancy, it's normal. It's okay. Um, you're not malicious for it. It's, it's just, there's a lot going on and you have to also give yourself grace, um, with the situation at hand. So, Um, I'm trying to think of like any other, I do know, well, there are a few things that I would say are must have. So let me just go through like a list of things in my head. I can think of like really loved number one, our up a baby Vista, um, like travel set, like the stroller, the bassinet, the car seat, the everything it was expensive, but guys, that shit is so worth it. Like it's great. It's a great set. It is so portable. I, I love it. The other thing that I've really loved as a gift is the Kalugo stroller. I got that from Katie and Hayden, um, last summer, like before I had him as a gift, I love, it is the perfect to go stroller. If you do a lot of, um, traveling, like in airports, if you do, um, just a lot of like on the run, you know, you by yourself with the baby, definitely important. The Kalugo stroller. Love it. Um, it also has some really cool like attachments for like winter and stuff. Um, so definitely recommend that. Also the baby's brew bottle warmer. Again, if you're someone that is going to be using bottles of any sort, especially in their earlier, um, like earlier months when they prefer very warm milk, um, it's perfect. It does. It has all the adapters for different kinds of bottles. Um, it warms it right up to where you need it. All you do is charge it. It's portable. Love it. That was, that was probably one of our most used gifts. Um, number two would be a mini fridge in your bedroom. So we have a, obviously upstairs, downstairs. So we, I got a little skincare fridge. I plugged that fucker into my bedside. So when I would pump through the night or like, again, no matter, I don't know what you guys are doing, but this is again, where you could have the baby's brew next to you with a bottle, pull out the milk from the mini fridge for that night, make the bottle, go feed the baby. You know, there's different ways to use it. But after I would pump, I would label my bottles or, you know, label the milk and I would put it in the fridge overnight. So then I didn't have to put it in the, in the fridge downstairs until after. Now, the, the reason I started that was because I broke my toe going down the stairs at like 11 PM, putting milk in the fridge. And I'm sure you guys remember that. So I got that mini fridge mostly for that convenience, but it really ended up, I mean, I still use it for like my actual skincare, but it was my, it was like my milk fridge. It was perfect. Um, like I said, the little like bamboo boob warmers were great. Um, the sports bras off Amazon. I already mentioned those. Um, 
trying to think what I really liked. There's so many things. Um, oh, um, salt water snugglers, salt water snugglers. That's where I got all of my really cute fur blankets, the fur lined one. Maddox is obsessed with his blankies. Like he loves being cuddled in them. They're the cutest prints. You can make them custom. They have a little silky on them. They have little loveys, which the little loveys are like little squares, a little bit easier for transportation. He loves those. Um, so definitely highly recommend them. They're also a small business, so love supporting them, but you can never have enough like comfy blankies. And sometimes when Maddox is covered in them, like so am I. So it's like a win-win for both of us. Um, I got Mila one too, a little bit bigger size and Mila loves her blankie too. Um, the other thing I, that I love and I'm obsessed with, I always have been our slumberkins They're It's such a silly, like little, they're like flat Stanley animals, but they each have like this message and they have a book. Um, and they just teach children about emotions and how to relay those. Um, so like sadness, happiness, perseverance, confidence, um, you know, like passing of a loved one, just a grief, you know, it's just, there's a lot of different ways for you to teach children about emotions, but the slumberkins and the books are just really great. Um, I've just kind of been collecting them obviously for myself thus far, because Maddox can't really use them yet or like know the symbolism behind them, but he loves them. Like he loves to play with them. He, they're so soft and they're fun. Um, so he loves that. And then with that going along, like with toys, I've been getting the lovery subscription. It's a little bit pricey. Um, but I think that it's worth every penny. Like I've really enjoyed having toys that are based around his developmental age. Now his developmental age is a little bit different. So like, yes, he's one year, but like the boxes that come are two months behind. So like when he turns one year old, we'll get his box for like month nine and 10, right? Not like 12 and 13 or whatever, you know, it's like, so his developmental age, I change them a little bit to go off of where he is at prematurely. Um, but it's still really great. They come with like a great amount of toys. Therefore you don't have to like fill up your toy box with these random bullshit toys that just cost money and add up. And then they're it's clutter everywhere. I wish I would have just got the lovery from the beginning and like never bought anything else. Like I would rather spend the 130 some dollars on that one time per every two to three months instead of going to the store and then randomly spending, you know, $20, $10, $10, $20 to $5, $5, you know, whatever. Um, so I love that. And then the last subscription thing I did for him, well, there's two, I did do the bump box into the bitsy box, which I think the bitsy is like the postpartum version of it. Really, really great. Um, if you're a subscription junkie, like I am, that was a gift for me from my friends, Sue and Alex. Um, and then I did little spoon for the purees, little spoon, again, a little bit expensive, but it's going to avoid you going and spending money on things like Gerber, um, or like other places that might just not regulate everything they put into their food. As much as you would think baby food's regulated, it's just like, I guess not. Like I thought Gerber was like a great standard, but I guess they have a lot of chemicals and stuff in their food. Um, and I'm not one of those like, you know, oh my God, everything has to be organic. Like at the end of the day, fed it, a, a baby fed is better than nothing, but I really did enjoy little spoon. It allowed me to introduce different like spices and, um, ingredients to him, you know, things like fucking basil, you know, he's eating basil, he's eating turmeric, coconut oil, papaya, um, 
pinto beans, like all these different purees. It's just a really cool blend to get him used to different flavors um, and flavor profiles, which is huge to kind of eliminate being necessarily like a picky eater. So trying to get ahead of that, because that seems to be like a bitch, but um, we'll see. I'm sure he'll end up probably being terrible, but it's fine. Um, oh, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I feel like whatever's coming to my head first is like the most important. Oh, the Hatch Plus. I feel like it's a pretty much a baby staple, but the Hatch Plus, 100% recommend. Um, the Hatch Rest Plus. It is like portable. You can plug it in and charge it. Um, you can then take it somewhere and like, you know, you don't have to charge it or you take the cord with like whatever. Um, and then the last thing I would say is Tubby Todd. I've really enjoyed their products. I use all of their stuff on Maddox's skin, the all over ointment, the dream cream, the sweet cheeks, um, the bath soap, and then the like bubble bath, um, along with just like the other like lotion in general. I just really love their products. They're clean again, they, a smaller business. Well, they were, they've kind of blown up now, but, um, just really nice, clean ingredients. Um, and the all over ointment was just a savior for his like eczema and all of the stuff that was going on with his skin when he was a little bit younger. He seemed to have a really good, like his skin has been really nice for the past probably month and a half. I think it's just, you know, babies at the end of the day, they, they are, they grow out of it, but baby skin is so sensitive. Um, so definitely important there. Those are a few of my favorite things I can think of off the bat. Um, but the last thing I kind of want to touch on before my big announcement is just to remember as a new mom to give yourself grace. I I've talked about this. I feel like I talk about it a lot. I'm a huge advocate of just like taking your time postpartum, but everyone expects moms to bounce back so fast. And it's just not that easy. And it's relative person to person, you know, breastfeeding also plays a huge role in some people. Some people lose weight breastfeeding. Some people gain it. It like, everyone is so different in the, the dysmorphia that you can have postpartum. I can definitely see and relate with. I definitely have had my bad days even today, you know, as my body changes back from not breastfeeding as much, I'm like, am I like gaining, am I gaining weight? Do I need to like watch what I'm eating again? Like what you start to second guess yourself, but you have to remember that the new part of your journey is different. Like life is different now. It, it's, you don't have time to, to kind of like critique your body. Your baby thinks you're fucking amazing. And so does your spouse probably, you know what I mean? Like we are our own worst critics and I know postpartum is hard and you do want to feel your best. And I think that's 100%. Okay. You are totally allowed to transform your body postpartum and like work at that. That makes you feel good. I'm on board for that, but I don't want moms to push themselves thinking they have to be at a certain place postpartum. Do what feels good for you and embrace a new part of your journey where you don't have to be aggressive all the time, where you can just respect your body for what it's done. You know, I gained such an appreciation of my body postpartum and even during pregnancy that I didn't have before where it's like, uh, you know, oh, I don't, I don't have abs anymore. Like, yeah, it might be a little bit of a new part of journey for me, but I don't give a fuck. You know, I've, I've had the most amazing past year ever, like outside of obviously quarantining and stuff. I've, I've gone out to eat more than ever. I've drank probably more than ever. Well, at least in a while I've just been able to live life and it feels good. And I don't want to rob that 
of myself again, just to look a certain way for fucking you guys, you know, no offense. Like I, I just don't care anymore. I do what I do because I love it. I'm not doing what I'm doing because I'm punishing myself and I don't want you guys to either. So if you're someone that's going into pregnancy, postpartum, anything like that, don't forget. I do have my strong ass mom fitness program. This is a three phase program, $127 done at home or at gym. This is a three phase program to ease you postpartum back into lifting and doing it correctly. After postpartum, man, you're, you're peeing everywhere. You know, there's pee that comes out. There's stuff coming out of you. Your core is all flabby. It's not tight. You don't, you don't recognize your body. You don't realize all that's changed in that seven. Well, for me, seven, nine months that you carry a baby. So this plan helps you execute getting back into the gym and getting back into your best self and doing it correctly. The last thing you want to do is damage your body more because childbirth is damaging. It is your body knows how to bounce back, but we don't want to make it worse. So this is a three phase program that breaks down introductory skills all the way to building back the foundations of a proper strength training program that gets you back into the gym very confidently and doing things correctly. Um, so that can also be done reverse. So if you are pregnant right now and you want it for postpartum, you can still get it now. And then trimester one would be phase three, trimester two, phase two, trimester three, phase one, and then postpartum you go one, two, three. So you kind of ladder down and ladder up. Um, really great program. Tish and I, we put so much work into it and love into it. There's great resources for pelvic floor things. Um, diastasis recti, there's recipes, there's nursing tips, there's linked items. There's we, it's, it's a really, really fun program. So I'll put that in the description box. Um, $127 years to keep one price one time. That's it. Um, definitely recommend, or if you're someone too, that like has someone in your life that's pregnant, like gift this to them because self-care postpartum, even if it's just that 30 minutes for a little workout while the baby's asleep, that can be a huge game changer in postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, et cetera. And again, feel free to also share my code with anyone. This doesn't just have to be someone postpartum either. Better help code does be 10% off that first month of teletherapy. So we're wrapping up this podcast. We're almost at an hour. That's crazy. I hope that there was a lot of gems in here. I hope there was a lot of honesty that you guys can just walk away from going, damn, that's just crazy. But you know what? I would do it all over again. <laughs> I would, I would do it all over again. And that's the thing is I, I, this episode is not to scare you. It is to be honest, but I would do it all over again. In between all those bad days that I might've had in between being touched out, overstimulation, partner resentment, et cetera, there were the most beautiful moments that I, I can't even begin to describe. It's like seeing angels. Like it's, it's like an experience of heaven on earth. There is no other love than the love that you have for your child. And you would do anything 10 times over for them. And if I had to do that all over again to get to where I'm at right now, I would do, I would go through every single day all over again. 120% childbirth, uh, easy, easy. I'll do it all over again for what it's worth. So the last thing that I want to share, um, as of now, 
Well, I shouldn't say as of now. I mean, like, yeah, it's legit. I just keep saying as of now because it makes me nervous. But Wyatt and I are moving back to Michigan. We, as of uh, by the time this airs two weeks ago, we purchased a home. It's our dream home. It was just perfectly located. We're, we're back near family, back near people. And we kind of just went for it. And they counter offered to a point where we were like, is this worth it? Is that little change worth it? And we're like, it is. And, and we accepted and we got, we got our inspection done. We got everything done. And now we're in the process of selling our home, um, which it should be up in a few days. There's a lot of emotion that comes with leaving a home. Like as much as we're excited for this new chapter and our end game was always Michigan, there's still that sadness of like leaving the home that you like, like the bathroom I found out I was pregnant in and like the Maddox's first bedroom and like packing up his bedroom has been so emotional because that, that was our first place. You know, that was, that was my first baby and my first space I made my own and for him and there's just so many emotions that attach to a home. You know, oh, remember this couch when this was the first place Maddox took his steps or, you know, it's all of these things flood into it and it's, it's so sad to leave, although it's so exciting to, right? Um, so it's very natural. Like the reaction that I feel is very natural. The emotions that you feel moving, no matter how excited you are to do it is natural. Um, and you just look forward to new memories in another home. And that's what life is, right? You kind of move from place to place and space to space. Um, but I'm really hoping that we, well, we plan this to be our, you know, long-term home and just to be able to really sink into a neighborhood and a community and find friends and, um, make new friends and make relationships and, and everything. So Wyatt and I are super excited. Um, it has just been a lot. And so if you guys have noticed, I'm kind of MIA on social media or like have just been feeling overwhelmed or, you know, asking for prayers. Like that's why we just have a lot of fucking shit we have to do. Um, we're, we're closing in like three weeks, two weeks, maybe now, I think three, um, we still have our big trip that we're going on at to Punta Cana. And then we like come back and we have to leave to close. Like, it's just, it's crazy how the timing has worked. So it's just a lot that we have to do and get done. But, um, you know, it's in God's hands. We're doing everything that we can. And I think it's an important lesson to just remember control and worry about only what you can control in that point in time. Right now, as I talk to you today, I cannot worry and stress about closing on this house because we're not there yet. It's not, it's not even the day that we're supposed to close. Right. So like, why am I going to let that preoccupy my mental space? when like, I can't, we can't do anything about it yet. Right. We just have to wait. We have to wait until our, till our time, they have to move out, you know, all this stuff. So anyways, um, I just wanted to share that here. I'm not sure if I've, if I will be announcing it on social media yet or not. Um, you guys might just hear it first. Um, and then yeah, big things coming with candor skincare, candor beauty. Um, we're rocking and rolling on that. And I just can't wait to continue to share things to come. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this with a mom, share this with someone who just needs to listen to it. You know, I, I would appreciate your guys' support in that way. 
Um, you guys know I'm, I'm trying to get this podcast picked up more. I'm trying to get, um, more income from this podcast, especially because I just, I love doing it and I, I, I would love to do a few ads, you know, whatever. So the better help subscription, you know, share that with someone you love and that, you know, might need that help. Um, cause you know, again, it does support me. It supports a podcast and I would really appreciate it. So I love you guys. Um, I hope you have an amazing, amazing Sunday and I will catch you Wednesday on below the influencer.